Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Whatever happened to Saturday night when you dressed up sharp and you felt all right? I'm not going to answer that. Let's go and talk a little bit about a browser that's made the news recently, and by recently I mean in early November. Uh, of 2010. Of 2010, thank you. We do have lots of people who catch up. That's true. They uh, go for... through the entire archive. So someone will be... are awesome. <laughs> and then that means that every time we get that wave, we get the people writing in saying, hey, whatever happened to the old listener mail intro? We wanted to talk a little bit about Rock Melt. Yes. Now, I wrote about Rock Melt in the blog. You do read our blog, don't you? Um, some time ago. Uh, at, the, at that point, it was a few months ago now, and uh, it was one of those things that people were sort of starting to talk about, the possibility of a new browser coming on the scene to compete with the already entrenched Internet Explorer, Safari, uh, Chrome, and Firefox. Now, part of the reason that people were talking about this was the involvement of a certain gentleman who um, is certainly no newcomer to the browser wars, and that, that would be... Mark Andreessen. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Mr. Andreessen was one of the people who developed Netscape, uh, the Netscape Internet Browser. Yes, and before it, the Mosaic yes. uh, web browser, which uh, many of our listeners may not even be familiar with. It was uh, a project um, that started in basically as a school project, mm -hmm. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Um, and it was uh, pretty much the first viable web browser. Um, I say pretty much because I forgot to go look and find that out, but I'm, I'm almost certain that it is the uh, the first viable browser, and it did turn in, it did involve, bleh, evolve into the uh, the Netscape commercial web browser. Yep. Um, and, uh, of course, Mr. Andreessen uh, dropped out of the spotlight for that particular thing, went on to become a tech entrepreneur, moved on to other projects, and now he is one of the investors in Rockmelt. Yeah, this story was broken back in August of 2009 mm -hmm. by Miguel Helft over uh, um, at, and, uh, at the New York Times, and he mentioned that uh, that Andreessen had decided to put some money, invest some money into this this startup venture, mm -hmm. and uh, the product was going to be called Rock Melt. Now, at the time, back in two thousand nine, there were very very few details mm -hmm. uh, about the the browser that that we were privy to. Uh, but even then, we knew that it was going to be a web browser and that it was going to have some form of integration with Facebook. Yes. That that it was going to require that you sign in through a Facebook ID in order to use the browser, um, which is interesting that we, we actually knew that much detail back then. I, it was also interesting that it was apparently news to Facebook, or at mm -hmm. least that's that's you know the executives that, that helped tried to contact said that they had no involvement with Rockmelt whatsoever. Well, I think one of the, the things to point out about that um, is that may not be such a big surprise considering the availability of the uh, application programming interface. Yes, API. 
uh, from Facebook. Basically, you can bake a lot of Facebook connectivity into your project. Of, and there are different kinds of projects, web projects, and in this case, a software project, um, without because Facebook has already made that available. So they don't necessarily have to have that up front. They can already be working on that without uh, you know giving Facebook the heads up. So you might wonder, well, what would possess Mr. Andreessen to invest a significant amount of money into a, a new browser? After all, as Chris was pointing out, the browser market has no shortage of contenders. Yes. Uh, I mean, you still have Internet Explorer, which is still the dominant browser on the market, although its share is declining. Mm -hmm. it's, no, it's no longer... Um, it's no longer... I would say that it's no longer in, assured its place as number one. Right. There, there's a chance that other browsers could take that over. For a while, it looked like it was going to be Firefox to do that because it was making steady gains. And then Google Chrome hit the the, the market, and that has managed to, to do quite well as, as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you might think, well, what would possess anyone to support a browser when we already have so many on the market? Not necessarily that the browser... The new browser wouldn't be better. It might be better, but sometimes that doesn't matter. True. You come out with a superior product, but the other product is so entrenched in the market that it doesn't matter. Uh, you could argue, and people have argued, that this is the case with MP3 players. Yeah. There are people who say, I'm not necessarily one of them, but there are people who say that the Apple line of iPod products are inferior in some ways to uh, similar products, mm -hmm. correct? And using that argument you might say well wait a minute this this other mp3 player has more features and uh has a greater capacity a lower price point whatever mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. features it might have that are different from the ipod why isn't it more popular and really the ipod has just become entrenched in the mp3 market yeah um same sort of thing with the web browsers so what could make mr andreessen think that the rock melt was a, a worthy endeavor and really, I think the answer comes down to the fact that people are using the web differently than they were 15 years ago. That's true. That's um, true. You know, back then it was all about you go to a web page, you read the content, and you may not ever go back to that web page ever again because the content would pretty much stay the same. Right. Right. And you might do a little bit of internet shopping, but there wasn't a lot in the early days. I mean, it wasn't until the late 90s that that started to take off. And then, of course, you had the internet bubble. And uh, and after the bubble burst and a lot of companies went out of business, uh, that that really took a huge that, that made a huge dent in in uh, online shopping for quite some time. Yes. So, really, the the element I think that has changed the web the most in the last few years is social networking. Right. At least that's that's one of the easy things to point to. Well, when people talk about Web 2.0. In most cases, what they're talking about is some sort of social media technology that is embedded in a web page. Like, for example, uh, blogs were what I think a lot of people consider sort of an early Web 2.0 technology. So yeah. you write your blog post and you give you leave the comments op open so that other people can comment on your site. And it starts a dialogue between the reader and the author and between the readers themselves, too. And then from there, we've gone through other types of uh, Web 2.0 technologies. But that was that's sort of one of those things, comments on uh, shopping sites, 
for instance, and uh, of course the social media sites, including MySpace, Friendster, Facebook, Twitter, and all the myriad other sites, including you know things like Flickr and YouTube, where the primary purpose is not necessarily to have social networking, but that it's a huge, huge aspect of that. And I think uh, you're right. Uh, I think that is supposed to be the, the, this is the, hey, we haven't used your favorite word in a while, convergence of sure. social media technology and the browser so that the social media part is always on no matter what site you're visiting. Yeah, and that's that's the basic idea of Rock Melt. And that, mm-hmm. that explains why there's this close... Um, relationship with Facebook where you have to sign in to Facebook in order to use the Rockmelt browser the way it's intended to be used. Um, now, Chris and I both have access to the Rockmelt browser. Uh, as we record this, it's currently in beta test mode, and mm-hmm. it's invitation only. Um, and and that's just a for, – for right now, that uh, that's actually sort of a new development, too. It wasn't even open to beta testing uh, participation until uh, – Probably just a few days before we're recording this. Yeah, yeah um, so we've so, only had a few days to play with it, but uh, it enough time to really kind of get a, a first impression. Mm-hmm. Now, the way the browser's laid out is kind of interesting, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know most browsers have the main window is is all the web page, and then you'll have a, a maybe a bar at the top and possibly one at the bottom that would allow you to do some navigational features. Right, you have your your uh, web page controls, the right. browser controls sure. themselves, um, and then an information bar at the bottom where you see your address. And if you have plugins, uh, which is you know very very popular for Firefox and Chrome especially, mm-hmm. uh, as well as other browsers too, but um, but primarily, you, but Firefox primarily those uh, they they've made themselves very open to that. Uh, you know, you'll have those. You might see those on an additional panel. Or uh, at the, at, or toolbar, yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, that's you know, it's all part of that. Yeah, the rock melt's a little different. Uh, now, if, when you're looking at the main body of the the browser, when you're looking at the actual content, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to look very familiar to anyone who's used Chrome, because yes. rock melt is built on Chromium, which is the open source code that Chrome itself is based upon. So you can think of Rockmelt and Chrome as sort of cousins. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not directly related. It's not that Rockmelt is a Chrome build. It's just using the same base code that Chrome uses. Right. As of right now, um, according to uh, Seth Rosenblatt at CNET, uh, Rockmelt, the current beta, 0.8.34.833, is built on Chromium 6. There you go. Um, you can take that to the bank, folks. <laughs> of course, probably by the time. Well, I mean, it's in beta, so yeah. by the time this goes live, that will probably be updated from that point. Sure. Um, actually, it may have been. That's a few days ago from now, so yeah. <laughs> that already. Beta betas sure. tend to move pretty quickly. Yes, it um, does. And sometimes, sometimes they're very tiny changes that mm-hmm. are not perceptible to users. It's all on the back end, and it, it, you know, we don't ever really notice it. Uh, well, anyway, that's that's the the main portion of your your browser, but. Unlike other, or unlike most browsers, uh, Rockmelt also has edges or little uh, panels along the side that allow you to access um, uh, extra content. Uh, and by extra content, I mean things that you have specifically designated as being interesting to you. So you have your Facebook friends on your left side, all the ones who are currently online, which allows you to chat with them using Facebook chat. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it'll show you. Uh, you get the familiar, well, semi-familiar. If you use chat programs, it will probably be 
comfortable for you. You'll see a dot next to their name. Um, I thought I had that turned out. Mr. Um, Pellett needs to mute his iPad. Okay. So if you uh, if you look at the the left side, you'll see a li- your your Facebook users, and you'll you'll see their photos, you know, the thumbnail photos, and there'll be a green dot if they're online, right? And a clear dot if they are not. Yes. Uh, at least that's the way I remember. I believe I believe you are correct, and uh, so you can you can initiate a Facebook chat directly from your browser. You don't have to be on your Facebook page in order to do it. And then on the right side are some icons that will include things like. Uh, Facebook statuses, mm-hmm. as well as direct um, interactions on your Facebook page. So let's say that you posted a status update. You'll have one icon that will alert you if people uh, uh, respond to that status update or, mm-hmm. or like it or whatever, or if they post your wall post directly. That'll come up under one icon. Under a second icon, you'll be notified whenever your friends are updating their Facebook pages. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. you have two icons for Facebook. Then you you can also link to your Twitter account if you have one. Right. So you can get Twitter updates that way. And the browser itself will even give you live updates. A little window will pop up with the uh, the update, whether it's a status update or a Twitter update. Um, those those will come in in real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also subscribe to RSS feeds this way. Oh, and yes. you will have a little icon that will tell you whenever the web page that you've subscribed to has been updated. And you just click on that little icon and it will pull up the most recent content. So you, the, the idea here is you can browse one web page and be alert to all the updates on the other web pages you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And you can keep up to date with them without having to keep popping around to, you know, different, you don't, you don't have to physically go to each web page to check right? because you have the little uh, alert system there. And um, I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to play out because in general, websites don't like it when you can find out what information has been updated without actually visiting them Mm -hmm. because that can come into some problems with ad advertising deals and impressions. So it'll be interesting to see if that has any, if there's any uh, um, resistance from website administrators to this new browser. Resistance is futile. Yes. I heard that somewhere. I heard it as well. Just now, in fact. <laughs> well, um, so reactions from the tech press have been sort of mixed, Yeah, there's there's some people, I think, who really, really dig it. Yeah. They... Uh, but they're using it in a very specific way. They're using it specifically to keep track of uh, all the social networking stuff they do. Mm-hmm. They they are not technically using it as a browser, or at least not not relying it upon it as their new browser. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost every review I've read that was positive c- called it a great a great Facebook browser, not necessarily a great web browser. Right. Um, and that's kind of how I use it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you were going to say. No, I, I was just going to say that uh, it's sort of funny to say that because its primary purpose is as a web browser. Right. So I, I think basically the difference being the social media aspect, I think that's why it comes off that way is that um, – you know, people are, are supposed to be thinking of it in those terms. And, of course, you know, we're being asked to think of it, you know, especially the, the journalists are thinking of, well, what's different about this? The the Chromium functionality seems to be pretty much the same for me, uh, yeah. you know, in my experience as it has been. But it does give you a little bit more uh, 
oomph when you're looking at things like, well, do you want to like this thing that you're looking at? You know, sort of, it just makes it more simple to do that without having to look for, you know, the like button. Yeah, you can you can share web pages directly to your Facebook page. Like, let's say that you're visiting a site and you're reading, let's say, um, uh, let me get a good website, um, HowStuffWorks.com. Let's say you are visiting HowStuffWorks.com and you're reading a really cool article like uh, How Asimo Works by Jonathan Strickland. So you're reading How Asimo Works by Jonathan Strickland on HowStuffWorks.com and you're thinking, this is a really neat article. I would like to share this with my friends. And within RockMelt, you can do that just by clicking a little share button that's part of the browser itself. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't have to look for a a share button on the article. You don't have to copy the URL and go to your Facebook status page and, and paste it manually that way. It's built into the browser directly, which is kind of a neat feature. You can also do that with things like you can you can tweet things directly that way as well. And it has its own built-in uh, URL shortener, I believe. Uh -huh. uh, uh, although I haven't really played with that. I heard that there were some problems with the URL shortener. At least other people were experiencing problems. They were testing the, the links that were mm -hmm. being shortened. And we're having trouble getting to them, especially from browsers that were not RockMelt. Um, I have not personally tested that, so I only I've only that's secondhand knowledge to me. Yeah, and it's beta too, so right. you, you should expect there yeah, to be yeah, some bugs if you if you're trying this out for yourself. If you also have an uh, an invitation to use RockMelt and you found it to be buggy, I mean that's really to be expected. Right, at this we point. haven't even reached a release candidate yet. Yeah, so. So what we're using is is the earliest usable build from uh, outside of its own internal testing area. Uh, it's one other thing I thought I would, I would mention before we talk uh, more about about the the our impressions of this. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure there's an easy way to get around it. Those edges that we talked about, the left and right edges, right? Uh huh. They tend to cut off the edge of the web page you're looking at. That bugs me. Yeah, it bugs me Sorry. too. It means that you have to you have to scroll uh, horizontally as well as vertically. Well, it it depends too. I I feel compelled to point out that the world seems to be moving toward the um, the widescreen aspect ratio. Yes. So I think that's going to matter less in the future than it does for those of us who are still using some sort of screen with a four to three aspect ratio. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. If I were using a newer computer, then perhaps I wouldn't have this issue. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say any more about that particular situation. <laughs> I mean, it's okay that my screen is primitive and that half my keys don't work. And I, I have to avoid words with the letter E in them. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm all right with that. My prediction, I'm, my my prediction that you're going to get a new computer by the end of the year. I'm running out of time for yeah. that to happen. Yeah, that's that's looks like that's going to land in that X category. Yeah, um, I'm used to that. If you listen to our recap show from the beginning of this year, so um, there's one thing that I found interesting that's not directly about rock melt. What's that? Um, I am somebody who likes to try out all kinds of new. Uh, techie things, which mm. probably surprises very few of our listeners, um, you know, just to, to give them a shot. And uh, the browser wars, especially since they've become free, um, are, I think, a really neat opportunity to really compare one piece of software to another. So it's every time a new browser comes out, I'd like to give it a shot if it's free. Sure. And I tried one some years ago 
that actually has a lot of this functionality built in already. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you, Jonathan, have heard about it, but some of our listeners may not have. Can I, can I guess? Yes. I'm going to guess it's Flock. Yes, indeed. Flock, which actually has been up for Webby Awards mm-hmm. and a number of other awards because it's got a lot of the features already built in. It's got social networking uh, capabilities for uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, in addition to others, including Flickr uh, and YouTube. And um, it actually migrated not too long ago, just a few months ago from... So wait, wait. A flock migrated? Yes, the flock migrated okay. from... Nice. Thank you. Uh, from the Mozilla platform right. to Chromium. In fact, it is using the same build of Chromium 6 that uh, that, um, that the current version of Rockmelt is using. And this, is, again, is according to uh, Mr. Rosenblatt. Um, and uh, the thing that I've seen, I've seen a lot of the other tech writers say is that well, Flock has quite a few users, but really it's not even making much of a dent in the market. So why does Rockmelt feel like its browser is going to beat that you know, limited success of Flock? I've tried Flock, and I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that Andreessen's uh, involvement is probably part of it. Because, sure. I mean, here you have someone who was behind one of the most successful... Uh, actually, the story of... of Netscape Navigator would be an interesting one to cover at some oh, point yeah. in, in tech stuff because you talk you talk about a web browser that uh, seemed to be the dominant browser and it wasn't ever going to change and and then it it changed rather dramatically and relatively quickly um, the the fall of Navigator was pretty impressive yeah. actually uh, so I think Andreessen's involvement probably has something to do with it and and I get the feeling that the Rockmelt folks are really media savvy. Yeah. They're very, very good at getting their message out there. And so a lot of tech companies kind of lack that that ability to uh, interact with the media in a compelling way. It's because, you know, a lot of them are, are very technically savvy and they're very good at putting together the product, mm-hmm. but they're not as good at selling the product to the media. Um, there are other companies that are phenomenal at selling product to the media. Like Apple, yes, which that's true. also makes amazing products. I'm not. I'm, that wasn't a knock against their technical savvy, but they are very, very. As the day we're recording this podcast, <laughs> Apple managed to 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 get the media's interest in a big announcement that turned out to be the Beatles coming to iTunes. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, it, it's funny to note. Um, Actually, that it wasn't that long ago. Now, I mean, this this is one of Apple's announcements that was pretty quiet, and by the terms of their frequent uh, show-stopping PR events that they managed to put on, um, that they opened Safari up for plugins. Yeah, and I think that uh, Apple probably sees the writing on the wall. I mean, they're they're not even third in the browser wars. But, uh, I mean, they, they have a reasonable market share, uh, but it's still tiny compared to the big guys. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons they, they are opening themselves up to uh, allowing plugins is for things like this social networking functionality. Yeah, to kind of head off the the impact that browsers like Rockmelt and Flock could have. Yeah. Um, the, I think the Rockmelt and Flock approaches are really interesting it seems like it's a big risk to me because it yeah. seems to be placing the bet in that 
social networking is the way the web will continue to grow. It'll be the the evolutionary force that pushes the development of the web into the future, um, mm-hmm. which it, it's quite possibly true. But the problem is that you know the future is really hard to predict, as we have discovered every December here at Tech Stuff, uh, and that. Placing your bets like that can come back to haunt you. It may be that two or three years from now, no one would really be as interested in a socially a social networking kind of browser that like Rockmelt because it no longer is relevant. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a little dangerous. In some ways, I would say that the argument of going with a browser that you can you can tweak with plugins might be the better way to go. But on the other hand. Going with a browser where this stuff is uh, is built into the browser means that it's, at least in theory, going to work properly. Mm-hmm. Because with plugins, you can get plugins that end up uh, interfering with one another. That's and, true. And can make a browser uh, unstable. And, and you, you know, So if you've ever had Firefox and you've added a whole bunch of different plugins and Firefox is really unstable, that's one potential reason for that instability. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that that's what's causing it, but it's possible. It's also possible that those uh, the plugins could open you up to security vulnerabilities and other problems, especially if it uh, is a um, developer who may or may not know what he or she is doing very well. Right. Uh, somebody who's new um, may not understand that, or even somebody who's experienced. I mean, anyone can make a mistake. So, I mean, there, there are all kinds of things that, that do that, but you know, it's funny that you would you would bring up the uh, the big guys comparatively because uh, I read an article in uh, Computer World by Greg Kaiser who talked to several analysts. Uh, Al Hilwa at IDC uh, said just that. Basically, the big browser companies may very well just go, "Hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to offer plugins that do exactly the same thing as Rockmelt and Flock, and basically torpedo them before they can really make a dent in the market." Um, but Gartner's Ray Valdez suggested that it's possible that Rockmelt is trying to do one of the classic uh, small business, small tech business moves. He thinks that it's possible that maybe they're going, "Hey, Facebook, you know, we got this really cool browser. It'd look really good if it had your name on it. Yeah, if you know what you we're saying, <laughs> maybe you want to buy us. Yeah, we look really good. Yeah, um, could, it's possible. I could see that happening. Um, the It'll. I'm, I'll be curious to see how it all turns out. There are also other questions that we honestly don't know the answer to yet. Like, yeah. because you have to sign into Facebook, does Rockmelt get any of that data? Right now, they're saying that they're not really. They have no interest in that. That's they're not looking at selling your data to advertisers. But you have to wonder. You're using Facebook Connect to launch this browser, and how much of that information is Rockmelt privy to? And 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 how does that now that that information is actually or that that connectivity is baked into the browser? Are there security vulnerabilities that we don't know about, or that maybe Rockmelt itself hasn't anticipated that could come to haunt people who who are early adopters of this this uh, web browser? Ooh. I think I'll probably find out <laughs> because I have it. Well, here's something that, as I was putting this the research together for this podcast, I would not have anticipated as an argument. But, uh, again, as at the time of recording it, just yesterday, uh, Facebook announced that it was unveiling a new social messaging service. Right. Now, if Rockmelt 
can build this into the browser, uh, you know, with its integration with Facebook, um, it would make it basically an email program, a chat program, and a social networking program. And then you wouldn't need necessarily a separate mail client or a separate uh, web browser. You'd have it all in one piece of software. It actually looks kind of like a refined version of what Google Wave was. Yeah. And it just seems to me that, uh, in a way, Rockmelt may have been ahead of its game, perhaps without even knowing it, just simply by, you know, latching onto the the uh, Facebook wagon and and following wherever Facebook goes. So that could be just an an added argument for that. Now, uh, Mozilla also uh, not too long ago announced F1, which is a set of uh, a plugin that will allow um, some functionality for uh, social media. Uh, purposes. I read a little bit about it in a PC World article by, I'm afraid I'm going to mispronounce his name, uh, Kier Thomas, K-E-I-R. Um, but uh, basically, it allows you to share uh, links to different websites and um, works with Twitter, Facebook, and Gmail. Um, but, you know, it's, again, another example of the big guys catching on and going ahead and, and, and baking that in. If I knew you were coming, I would have baked that into my browser. That was a long way for a bad joke. Yeah. But I've gone I've gone further distances for weaker payoffs, so I can't really criticize. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's it's just it's weird to see um you know, in the in the in the age of apps taking over for the browser in some instances, um something that's sort of like a browser app. Um, you know, specifically aimed for a, a subset of web users. So sure. that's uh, it's kind of a zag, if you will, yeah, yeah. to the zig. So I'll really be interested to see how Rockmelt uh, performs once it comes out of beta and becomes publicly available to everyone. Yeah, uh, clearly, all the the techies immediately tried to get an invite. I was very fortunate to get an invitation from a uh, uh, Mr. Tom Merritt, who was kind to extend that to me and then I immediately extended one of my three invites to Mr. Paulette. So thank uh, you. Yeah, so so we that's how we managed to get into that because we were not part of any of the initial uh, right. uh announcements or anything. But um I, I can say that uh you know it's a browser. It it goes quickly because it's based on Chromium. Mm-hmm. Um I don't like the the fact that because of the way my screen is I have to scroll horizontally. Although I guess I could in theory tweak it so that the page is a little smaller and fits on my screen. It's just me. Just means that I wouldn't be able to read things as easily as as my eyes are getting old. People. Yeah. Um. So my initial reaction is that it's an interesting way to keep up with all your social networking stuff. It's also interesting way to keep up with all those sites that you really enjoy and you want to to know when there's new content on those sites. Mm-hmm. But it's not enough for me to adopt it as my primary browser. I, my primary browser right now remains Chrome. Yeah. Yeah, I can say. I, I mean, I could see that, and I, I I fiddle with all, honestly, a lot of different browsers. Um, I've used Flock. One of the things I like about Flock is that you hide, for the most part, you hide a lot of the stuff um, that normally would appear on the, uh, in this case, in Rockmelt, where you have that persistent bar on the left, well, actually, both rails. Um, you know, you can hide a lot of that in, in, in Flock. And I haven't uh, tried the new version of Flock that's based on Chromium. I used the one that was based on Mozilla, which I liked very much. Um, but I don't 
you know, Facebook is something I don't use as often as some other people do. So I usually check in two or three times during the day and spend a lot less time on it. So, you know, I see the value in that. But I do like the fact that the browser wars have heated back up again. A lot of times, or right after uh, Internet Explorer uh, essentially crushed what was then Netscape, uh, people basically said it was over with. And I'm glad to see that people are uh, putting new technology out there. Of course, Opera, with its tiny, tiny market share, still has some innovative features that others pick up on after that and, yeah, yeah. and use to their advantage. But I, I still like Opera an awful lot. I don't use it as my primary browser. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I don't know that it'll ever be number one, but uh, Rockmelt certainly uh, – has its place if it can you know once the bugs get worked out sure so we're going to wrap this up guys if you guys have uh, access to rock melt you want to let us know about what your experience was like you can let us know either on facebook or twitter our handle there is techstuffhsw or you can write us an email that address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com chris and i will talk to you again really soon Jonathan, um, mm-hmm. actually, this was just handed to me. Uh, oh, okay. It looks like HowStuffWorks.com now has an iPhone app. Sweet! Isn't that yeah. awesome? Yeah, actually, um, I got to, to take a look at this earlier. and Guys, this is pretty cool. The iPhone app is uh, sort of a way to integrate all the cool stuff we do at HowStuffWorks.com. So you guys may have listened to one of our podcasts, and we talked about there's this great article on the site, but you're not at your computer, so you can't really check it. Well, the iPhone app actually lets you browse articles and blog posts. It even lets you interact on Facebook and Twitter, and you can listen to podcasts at the same time. And it has all the HowStuffWorks.com podcasts on it, not just ours, but, you know, good ones, too. So you can listen to those and look at the articles and, and go on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, it should work perfectly with your iPhones and iPod Touches. Awesome. Well, that's, uh, it looks like it's now available on the iTunes Store, so that's good to know. How much does it cost? It's free. Sweet! <laughs> Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?